Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern celebrating 99 red balloons floating by for our 99th episode. <laughs> codename Legion Cup. Oh my Are gosh, that's right. balloons or red balloons? Either or. It just depends <laughs> on when we go to war. No, 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 balloons. I remember uh, in my German class in high school, the Frau, as as she was referred, uh, the, the instructor. I'm not going to say teacher uh, because I don't believe she taught any of us anything, but uh, she did play the Nona Nunzig Luft balloons video and have us translate it. It was nice. uh, it was really an experience. Very nice. So this is Audible Interlude. We've got some news to cover. We've got some fun to have. We've got some sound offs. And if you want to be part of the show and tell us what you want to talk about, follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast. Every time we're doing a live stream, which is every other Monday, uh, we will put up a post that says sound off and we want to hear what you want to talk about. But we've also got our fancy new chat over here that we're actually able to watch in real time now. Uh, we got a, a lot of favorites here with us. Look at this Mandalorian Jedi, clearly a big Trish Stratus fan time to rock and roll toy reclaimer is in the house. Legion cub is of course with us and in the chat because he multitasks at all times. Uh, Christmas ape yo show and Mandalorian Jedi. Awesome intro. Thank you. Uh, I felt like we needed an intro and, and it'll it'll evolve over time. That was kind of something I just threw together because I was like, oh, we need an intro. But I, I've there are other plans in place. We'll we'll get uh, fancier with it as we go along. So uh, this is the Needless Things YouTube channel where you can find reviews of all kinds of different toys, including new G.I. Joe releases like the rat that came with this guy. And uh, we got a couple others we're going to talk about here. Uh, so like subscribe share do all the things you know you're supposed to do when you like a youtube channel we have shirts on t public visit the pinned stories on audible interlude podcast instagram uh you can get our ai pod shirt you can get our uh visit beautiful Braca beach t-shirt designed by slick alicious visit shop slick alicious on instagram while you're there uh, great partner, and we, we need to get some new designs up in the shop. I think I've been saying that for about three months now, but uh, we, we need some new stuff up there. Uh, Schedule-wise, the audio version of this episode will be available this Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, uh, we have a very special 100th episode, believe it or not. Uh, we're, we're still putting together. It, I'm, I'm putting a lot of... Uh, study beforehand into into figuring out what exactly this 100th episode is going to be because believe it or not there are not a lot of 100s in gi joe there's a hundredth issue there's not a hundredth episode of real american hero are they get to like 98 or something like that it was it was 95 episodes so 95. we could talk about we could talk about episode five of operation dragon fire oh. but we'll but we'll be doing that in its entirety You've been threatening us with Deke for a long time over well, here. Well, Operation Dragonfire is like the bridge, though. It's not so bad. We've got a real stinker coming up soon. But I like I like how we've set this trend that we have to start at the 
end of a mini series, right? And just work right. our way backwards, like yeah. we're the memento of GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're not going to Nolan this one. We we will do Dragonfire <laughs> in order once we get around to it. But it's going to be a minute because, like I said, next week is episode one hundred. The next segment's episode after that, we already have a Deke episode lined up, and we don't want to do back-to-back Deke because we're not masochists here. There's uh, only so much Deke a person can handle. That's exactly right. <laughs> so we'll we'll uh well, and also we are gonna be reviewing some skybound comics coming up very soon here. So that is obviously gonna take precedence uh over any amount of Deke. Uh, and then next live stream is November the 6th. So put it on your calendar and be ready. And and guess what? No theme, just going to be a live stream. I had said last live stream that we were going to be just uh, doing something spooky this time around. And it just didn't happen. I had to prepare. Today was the first day of me teaching a full class in my new job. And there was a lot of preparation for that. And I don't know how long this voice is going to last tonight either, because I talked for like six hours today. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, don't forget, after episode 100 is episode 101. That's right, Christmas Ape. Your, uh, your math skills are on point, as always. Uh, Toy Reclaimer, I watched the Deke series after school. The Sunbow was on before school. Interesting. Mm. Uh, all right, so we got some pre-orders on October the 13th. Shadow Tracker, Night Force, Tunnel Rat, and Wolf Spider all went up for pre-order. Uh, I was bound and determined that I was only going to order Shadow Tracker. Uh, what What did you guys, did you guys get anything from this batch? Nothing. Nope. Wow. Well, you know how I am, so I ended <laughs> up ordering all three from Walmart and from Pulse because I cannot control myself. Yeah, well, it's nice when you can look at a series of releases and say, you know what? I don't need any of those. It is a good feeling. Like, it is, you're right. And I will say this, speaking of self-control, I did cancel my Crimson Strike team. Ah. Because there's I... just too much other stuff. And if Hasbro goes by what they've been doing the past couple of years, there's going to be a big sale before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that Crimson Strike team is probably going to be part of it because it's still just in stock now. You can just yeah, my order. Snow it. Serpents hit my pile of loot, and I was like, "Boom, goodbye," because uh, I was like, "We got retros coming out later, and I I can live without these store these Snow Serpents." Yeah, absolutely. And well, and that's something we'll be talking about probably in the coming months for sure is what do the retros mean and what do we expect out of these retros? And actually we'll get to that in just a second. So Christian, you had, you already had Viper. You got Viper like three yes. years ago and we're pretty <laughs> enthused. And I finally got mine. Oh, awesome. Uh, I saw like 30 of them at target the other day. I really, still, yeah. So I got this one. I went on the target app and they had it in stock at the store that's on the way home from work. And I, so I went in and picked it up. And it's very, very good. The face. So here's here's what got me. And, and you're not really going to be able to see this. But you can see my review probably next week. Uh, the eyes look great. In the renders and the pictures on Target, the eyes look like cartoony and weird. And I wasn't so sure about them. 
but in person, the paint job, the deco is great on them. And overall, this is just a cool figure. The Zorana arms on the Kiko body, it's just cool. It's a cool figure. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't wait for it to go on clearance, as it inevitably will. But you know me, I can't wait. I got to have it now. Uh, so, I'm yeah, surprised Vice that cool. you didn't keep the skull mask on her. I don't care for it. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I find it to fit a little weird. It looks weird to me on. Mm. And I really like this face a lot. I like the character. I like this face next to my other Python patrol. It's just interesting mm. okay. to have that. Uh, I also, speaking of Big Bad, Big Bad Toy Store, got this fella who is the figure is great. The accessories, up to and including his weird little sun goggles, are disappointing. I don't understand why you would do... This is a newly tooled chainsaw, and they're not a whole lot of Joes that have chainsaws, so it's not like they're going to get a ton of use out of this. There's like one other character I can think of that would reasonably have a full chainsaw. Doesn't have his backpack, doesn't have any storage for the melee weapons that he comes with. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why they made this figure the way that they made it. Especially knowing how much Lenny loves the dreadnoughts. Right. There's, there's, I feel like there's something, there's a it, reason we just haven't seen it yet. Well, it almost makes me wonder. So we've, we know that the retro thing is kind of an ongoing, maybe they're designing these, so they can later give you the retro that's going to give you the things that you want. Well, and that was and maybe my we'll thought. get a buzzer with a backpack and the actual. But, but how much more retro could the figure itself get? Yeah. Well, but if you were to do a Haslab, or no, I mean, I know he said that the Thunder Machine wouldn't be a Haslab, but if that was, let's say, an unlock where he has all of the uh, i don't i don't see him doing that that's yeah. that's uh, people accuse hasbro of of some shady stuff i don't see right yeah mm. will are exactly how much more retro can he be uh, the figure <laughs> is spot on it's just the accessories that are amiss uh toy reclaimer i actually tried that in my video Slaughter's glasses are too wide. They just don't look right. Because I was thinking about grabbing uh, a Slaughter at Ollie's if I found one just to get his sunglasses. They don't look right. And I will say this. As bad as I thought these goggles looked in all the pictures and everything, in person, well, they're not goggles. They're round sunglasses. I kind of wish they were just goggles. But in person, they look better than they do in all the pictures. Uh, and they stay on better than I expected. But but anyway, just I don't get it. And it's very, very odd decisions made mm. with Mr. Buzzer. Uh let's see here. What what if they had a Haslab gas station? I would okay, so this is something I would love. I would love the Dreadnoughts gas station with a bunch of flip out like panels and everything. And I would love Spider Man and his amazing friends, Peter's apartment with or their I guess it's all of their apartment with all the flip outs. Yes. Like well, and 
now now I because they own the the mask uh, properties. Now I want uh, Boulder Hill. Oh my gosh! <laughs> as a Haslab. Oh, That's, it, well, and and here's uh, great. Now you people, it's not not enough that people talk about a classified terror drone of all things all the time. <laughs> now we're gonna get. Hey, Noel on Audible Interlude said we should get a a, a one twelfth scale Boulder Hill. That's a great. I didn't idea. say one twelfth scale. I did not I say one twelfth. No, it doesn't matter what you said. It's what they heard. <laughs> um, I'll settle for one eighteenth. But uh, I retro- still think we need to get a Thunderhawk in a one eighteenth scale. I want a retroverse Boulder Hill. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, as long as it's not a repurposed, uh, was it Mustafar playset? Oh or my! Whatever, <laughs> whatever it is that they repainted, they for- would do it. <laughs> I made Lori see, see, made Lori and Jedi heard one twelve. <laughs> um. Cold Slither, lots of Cold Slither talk. I think Hasbro is at this point has got to be very aware of the demand for Cold Slither. And you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe that's where we'll see that stuff. Is they'll they'll do the Cold Slither versions of the Dreadnoughts, but they'll come with the correct accessories. See, that just doesn't seem like something that Hasbro would do. Yeah, I feel I like that's something they'd more they'd more let Super Seven do. What if what if all yeah and that's the thing is I don't necessarily need Cold Slither from Hasbro, but they could do <laughs> so th- consider this every single dreadnought deluxe cold slither release that includes uh the instruments all the stuff the dreadnoughts should come with and then the dreadnought and a cold slither deco and a build a stage and they're and they're 35 bucks a piece well if they're doing a build a stage also they'll be 50 bucks a piece so <laughs> but but hasbro would never do that because they're going to listen to the fans they're going to see the demand is there and then they're going to give us dreadnoughts dreadnoughts in christmas deco <laughs> dreadnoughts <laughs> in christmas sweaters Yes. Let's go. I'm in. Yeah, we haven't got any G.I. Joe Christmas releases yet. No, so, and we were threatened uh, with I'm it. Good with that. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I think we all well, yeah, we all got uh Tripwire, right? Yeah. So Tripwire yesterday. So how let's compare how do you guys have yours kitted out? I took the shoulder pads off of mine because as you notice, the insignia is still up there on the shoulder. Um, I did end up putting the thigh guards back on because I like the look of those and the uh, 25th anniversary version did have these. So there's a precedent. I've got the more old school looking vest on him. And then of course the classic helmet. I do not have a neck piece on mine. I'll be honest with you guys. I felt like a dummy in my review because I couldn't figure out how any of the neck pieces worked. (laughs) But anyway, I'm very happy with this look. I like what I've got going on with mine. Noel, of course, has not opened his because we, mine just, we don't. Mine just arrived and I've been out of town for a week. So we don't do on. a live G.I. Joe podcast every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Noel's like, I got that a week ago. I just haven't opened it yet. No, no, I got it yesterday. <laughs> one twelfth. I heard one twelfth. Uh, so Christian, how did you kit your tripwire up? Yeah, G1 style, but I did leave the shoulder pads. And I like the shoulder pads, and the shoulder pads cover up the hideous bicep swivels, so that's an advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, Tripwire is great. I love all the different options. Uh, now, would... 
my I have one teeny tiny little complaint, and that would be um, the pegs on the back of the mines. Yeah, like, I don't I, get it. I get. Well, I mean, we know the one is so it can snap into the back of his backpack. But then but you can only snap one into the one. backpack. Right. So I, I wish they had gone another route for that. Um, How do you not look at the engineering for the original version and say, oh, they figured this out pretty well. Let's just 40, do that again. 40 years later, and those things are still like, they, they stay super snug in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Oh, too soon, too soon. Stages don't work out too well. RIP WCW entrance stage. <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurts me. Uh, yeah, then you can't get it out of the backpack. I, I You can't. <laughs> it just takes some work. And, and it looks your cool. willingness I... to say goodbye to any sort of fingernail. Well, yeah, you're you're definitely going to get one of those weird fingernail strains where you've pulled it too far away from the skin and it's sore for the next week. Bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do love the way they updated the backpack. It looks really, really cool. And if you compare it to the original backpack, all the elements are there. Like, I don't, it's overall, the figure is really cool. But again, it's like there's a couple of things where you're just like, eh, I, I don't, I don't get it. So Travis, Travis, Travis I mean, Wilcox not, I, uh, don't like useless additions so they can charge more tripwire with that stupid rat and robot. I like the robot. I don't think the rat's stupid. I mean, there's a history of rats hunting for bombs. Like, that's a real thing. It's not something yeah. they just made up. It's it's That's not Ratatouille. It doesn't live under tripwire's hat and cook for him. Like, I mean, that's, I a, think that's a legit thing. We would agree with you when it comes <clears throat> to, like, that Viper 3-pack. But yeah, all the extra I, explosives and yeah, I actually yeah. am digging the. They seem practical, I guess. Well, the, and I will like, say I mean, this: that's, that's what scared me away from Kamakura was because I didn't, I, I wasn't that sold on Kamakura anyway because it's not really going with the stuff with the stuff I'm already collecting. But then you throw in a couple of extra accessories, and it's like, well, now you've just added ten dollars to the price. So well, I was see- even hesitant to buy it when it was twenty three dollars or twenty two dollars on uh, Prime Day last week. Kamakura is different because all of his accessories were rehashes. Everything in Tripwire is original. Now, I'm not saying it won't be used again down the line, but it was all made for Tripwire. It's not just a bunch of junk they threw in the box from other figures that already existed. Uh, the issue, Another issue that I've got, though, speaking of the robot, is the robot's claw can't interact with the mines in any meaningful way. And I, I was very confused mm. by that as well. Yeah. That surprised me. That that there there are just a couple of things here that don't line up with how we tend to think of classified as as being. And I guess just as the line expands and more cooks get into the mix from time to time, the oversight won't be there, and that functionality that the line has traditionally had is going to be lost a little bit along the way. Uh, you know. It brings him drinks, at least on my show. <laughs> That's right. You get you get your uh, one twelfth scale glasses or teacups or whatever you got. I call him Bar Two D Two now. That's bar right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see here. 
Mothership update. So we did a very special episode about Super 7's Cobra Mothership uh, with our pal Word Burglar. He came on and we talked about thing that thing for much longer than we originally intended to, but we had a lot of fun talking about it. Uh, I think we had a pretty fair conversation. You can find that wherever you get your podcast or the video version is available here on the Needless Things YouTube channel. And as of right now, the updated number of backers on the Cobra Mothership is 1411, 1,411. We need 4,000 by December 11th. Uh, I think it's going to back. I don't but know that it's going to make get those parachutes. No, RIP mm. parachutes. Yeah, it's like we had our meme opportunity and now <laughs> no more. Oh, well. Sorry, yeah, I parachutes. Did, I did back the Fiper O-Ring 5-pack, but... Uh... Well, that, that kind of hinges on the whole rest of the package. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. But... Every little bit helps. I'll be curious to see going forward, though, what what happens with all of this. What happens with Super 7's O-Rings? People made really good points about there's no way they're doing this and not launching the O-Rings. And it's a little, you know, a little questionable. Oh, I I forgot our banners, you guys. I made all these neato banners, and I keep forgetting to put them up. News. Look at that news. We're in the news. Are the banners fun or are they just annoying? Tell us in the chat. Uh, so anyway, check out that mothership episode. It's a fun conversation. If, if you, even if you have zero interest in the Super Seven Cobra mothership, that's a fun episode with our pal Word Burglar. Uh, all right, it's time now. We've got some slides. You need that 90s lilting music when you say special episode, like a very special episode of Blossom. You're right. I'm going to get our music guy, uh, Andy Sanford, to do a a lilting version. Uh, if, I'm thinking if, more of, you know, the 80s where it was always uh, there's a bicycle shop owner who was the, with Dudley and. Oh, uh, no. Why Arnold would you bring or... that up? Oh, let's That's move a... on. Let's move That's on. That taught me so many things. It taught That's me about. It. This then was Dooley. The one to wear the blossom hat. Oh yeah, absolutely. This uh, this was Duke's reaction to that episode of Different <laughs> Strokes. Or you know when uh, Tom Hanks came on Family Ties and was drinking all the vanilla extract because he was an alcoholic. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh yeah, Uncle Ned. Oh wait, no, I do remember that one. I just didn't realize <laughs> until just now that was Tom Hanks. That's crazy. That, that's got to be pre bosom buddies. Uh, no, no, it was post Bosom Buddies. Really? Yeah, because yeah. that was wow. like '87, and Bosom Buddies like '82. So he was mm-hmm. on his way to the big fame at that point. Uh, all right, so we've got a 112 Collective Duke on the way. Oh, see, the, here's the problem with our new big logo in the corner. Here is it's in front of our slides. Uh, let's see. Hang on. It's just it's in co- it's covering Mezco. We all know it's Mezco. There we go. We'll do that for now. Uh, all right, so that some of these pictures are awesome as a matter of fact one of the best pictures of a gi joe toy i think i've ever seen or one of my favorites at least uh and some of them are just kind of weird what do you guys think of angry duke face here i think this is the best duke has ever looked <laughs> I, I, I never want a time machine and i want dolph lundgren to play duke in a 80s movie 
Well, see, I've okay. We'll we'll get to it because we've got a couple of different portraits we've got to talk about here, and this is up for pre-order now uh, from Mezco. Uh, you can also get it from Big Bad Toy Store, which is probably what I'm going to do. I, I haven't decided yet, but it's $112. It is listed as a deluxe figure, and it does. We'll look at the accessories in a minute. Uh, so this face to me looks a little John Cena-ish. Like I see a little peacemaker in that face with the jaw, the brow. I don't That's love it. the fact that they've thrown a scarf in here. Not everything needs a scarf. <laughs> what what is somebody in the chat? Hip us to this. Uh what is the significance of the scarf? I I I I'm aware that it is used in military operations. But is it really as critical as a lot of modern action figure lines are making it seem? Uh, all right. Once again, super angry Duke with a hideous elbow joint. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to look quite that brutal in person. I've got some Mezco figures with exposed elbows and they don't look like that. So I got to assume this is like a pre-production piece. But my question here is... What do you guys think of what they've done with his uh, web gear? This this weird thing going around his his torso. That's kind of what I. It's odd, right? Yeah. Like it almost seems like that that thinner piece at the bottom should be down around his waist. Yeah. Like under his belt. I, I wonder if this is somehow posed incorrectly or, or set up incorrectly because that just looks so bizarre to me. I, yeah. I feel like he has been assembled wrong, but at the same time, how do you assemble? <laughs> <laughs> that elbow joint looks like a fork, says Will R. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh but but how do you put your figure together wrong and then and then put up your professional photography of it, especially this night with the nice backgrounds and everything they've done? I don't know. It just looks really odd, but it looks like that in all of these images. This one is cool. I really like this sort of rappelling down the elevator shaft, uh, sort of die hardy. I think the helmet looks good. But this one. This is one of my favorite pieces of G.I. Joe toy photography I've ever seen. This is so cool. <laughs> so like James Bondy, which is kind of what they've done with Duke in the comics sometimes. Uh, I, I love this image. I think it looks great. This one more than any of them sells the figure to me. Is that one of those uh, Mandalorian Jedi? Is that one of those heart rate monitors people used to use before smartwatches? I still have one of those, as a matter of fact. I can't remember what it's called now. I got it for my DDP yoga, and I was using it. I still have my Fitbit. Another pretty cool one where it, it, he now he looks, uh, which is the same one that I said looks a little John Cena-ish, but now I'm seeing like a beefcakey Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> and so here we get to the accessories we've got three different portraits uh which i managed to not 
get any pictures of the smiling portrait. How did that happen? He doesn't smile for photos. Oh, that's true. That's they had, for they had, when they released the one twelfth Scarlet. Nah, there you go. Uh, so we've got the stand. We've got tons of hands. All the stuff that comes with any Mezco release. Uh, got a pistol, knife, a couple of blast effects. Pretty cool looking uh, machine gun. Several different grenades. I uh, dig the grenade launcher and the uh, launch effect from the grenade launcher, which surprisingly is different from what has come with some of their other figures that had grenade launchers. It's interesting that Mezco rarely repurposes accessories when they could easily. Even though blast effects up there are, I believe, different from any that I've seen before. Uh, then you've got a canteen that actually has G.I. Joe printed on it, which I love. Uh, walkie-talkie, a folding shovel, backpack looks good, the helmet looks good, binoculars. Here are the things that I could do without. Mud splash? <laughs> like, just a mud splash for for like one foot. That's bizarre. And then uh, the scarf. I could do without the scarf. I would rather have had a nice Mezco-style American flag than the mud mud splat and the scarf. Like, just take that mud splat plastic and make it a flagpole. Take the scarf and make it a flag, and, and I would prefer that. Uh, but otherwise, I think this looks pretty good. Uh, Toy Reclaimer says the wrist joints look scary, too. And I again, I think that's because this is not a finalized, because I've got plenty of Mezco figures and the wrist joints look great on all of them. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned about that at all. Uh, so there you go. Mezco 112 Collective Duke. Uh, I'm in. I just haven't decided where I'm in yet. Compared to the other Mezco figures we've seen, where does this one rank for you guys? I mean, they make they make Duke look like he kicks butt. He's very. But I would small. say that like Destro and Firefly definitely still look better. Yeah, I think of the ones I've seen, Firefly is probably the best one. Um, still, nothing that I'm going to shell out for. I think it's just hard to make a standout, exciting Duke. It just is like. I, I am not a Duke hater. I like Duke, but he's just not the most exciting character. Like, I want to have him in my collection, but I, I don't know. I, I never get, it's like, cool, it's Duke. I need to have that. But it's not, oh, awesome, like Metalhead or somebody. <laughs> uh, all right. He's so no speaking Big Boa. Of, no, he's no Big Boa, but who is really? Uh, all right, so speaking of Skybound and doing reviews, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 301, has been confirmed for a November 15th release date. Uh, written by Larry Hama with art by Chris Mooneyham. You have alternate covers by Andy Kubert and Brad Anderson, a black and white cover by Kubert, uh, one by Brad Walker, and a sketch cover. And here's my idea for sketch covers. And look, I, I haven't gotten too deep into comics in a while, so the chat may be able to tell me this, or, or actually, Christian, you may know this. 
So are sketch covers something you can just get for regular cover price, or are they you pay like $10 if you want a sketch cover? It depends on the comic shop, at least here in Orlando. Um, but like the ones that I worked for, we always put the sketch covers out with the regular ones. I mean, they're not priced any different. Okay, or at least so th they weren't when I worked in a shop. Potentially, you can just buy a sketch cover for a cover price. Because my thought was, it would actually be really cool to get a sketch cover to take to a con and just get everybody that's there, like to take to Joe Fest and just get everybody there to sign that sketch cover. Mm -hmm. Just because it's a P, even if they didn't have anything to do with the comic, it's a piece of G.I. Joe memorabilia with a nice blank slate on the front. And then you slab it, put it on the wall, you're good to go. That's what a lot of people do. I mean, I I have um, one comic buddy that he, if a comic releases a sketch cover, he buys it, whether he collects that comic or not, because then he can go to the convention and get art or a signature on it. So it's like, here's your sketch cover, yeah. Incredible Hulk with Starfire of the Teen Titans on it. Right, right. Yeah, and I see that a lot, like on eBay or whatever. Some artists I follow, there'll be some random thing on a sketch cover. Eh, whatever. It's yeah, fine. no, I dig the craziness of it. Uh, Travis Wilcox is in with the scarf is the shemag is the traditional desert headwear to protect the head and neck from the blazing sun. Want to see that? That makes sense for desert troopers. I think we've seen it far beyond desert troopers. It, it's just a I don't know. I take it off and I put it in a drawer. I'm not a fan of the look. Uh, okay, so we also have some interior art, which this is a little bit older, but we hadn't really talked about it, so I wanted to bring it up here because I personally really dig this art. What do you guys think of it? It has some style, mm -hmm. but it's not cartoony. It's very utilitarian, and it works for G.I. Joe, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like I like the somewhat kind of muted color palette, um, especially in that first set of panels you showed. And I really like that what we're seeing here, it's given kind of a, here's a recap of G.I. Joe and, and a little synopsis of what G.I. Joe is. And then we get the same thing for Cobra. Uh, I appreciate that playing catch up because this this issue, while it is continuing the real American hero story that's been going on for 40 plus years now, or I guess 40 years now. Uh, no, 40 plus years. Jeez. Uh, it is a stepping on point for new readers, which I think is very important and is very smart. And I'm excited about the potential of, you know, maybe we get a re-energized Larry Hama ready to work with a new creative team, with a new company. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. And as we've often said on the show, uh, as long as that guy wants to keep writing G.I. Joe, let him keep writing G.I. Joe. Uh, Toy Reclaimer, yes, please. I'm really oh, hoping they gosh. get everything back on Comixology soon. And, and... I hope that they reissue the trade paperbacks because I hit the end of my trade paperback collection of uh, IDW's reprints for 
the regular series and for special missions. I'm out of G.I. Joe comics to read Mm-mm. for the time being or real American hero G.I. Joe comics because I got to volume 12 and I had stopped buying them for whatever reason at that point. And it wasn't because I read them and didn't like them. I just stopped picking them up or I lost track of them. Uh, so I need those to start coming out again. Uh, let's see. Uh, then we've got, I just threw one page of story in here just because I thought it looked cool. And I like the, who was represented on the page. I like the layout. It looks cool. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about reading this. I got to say, I've, because we, we all read issue 300 and the sort of cliffhanger that it ended on. And I'm, I'm interested to get back to it and see, see where it goes, you know, follow it for at least a little while. Thank you, Travis. That's what I was trying to place. Cause I was like, it, it, I like the art. It's not cross hatchy, but it, the inker is still using a lot of shadows to give well, it Cr- that. Christian, tell, look. tell our listeners what Travis said. Oh, sorry. Uh, the art has a legendary has legendary comic artist Joe Kubert style, who drew GI Combat for DC Comics. It's a good gritty look that suits a military comic. Absolutely. Well, his son's working on this too, right? Yeah, he did one of the covers. Okay. Uh, for this, actually, I think he did that first cover that we're looking at right there. Which obviously is a little different from his father's style, but you know, mm-hmm. that's I was gonna say expected. if that's him, then the inker has changed. But then again, artists also evolve over time, unless you're Rob Liefeld. <laughs> even <laughs> even he has evolved. He added more pouches to his work. I'm just gonna say, well, he did he did make what pouch man or the battling pouch or whatever. <laughs> you guys see the one that's like literally just head to toe pouches. He has a little bit of self-awareness. And then we've also got, so this is, oh, wait a minute, maybe. That's not Kubert. No, that's right there. Yeah, I'm trying to read what that is in our tiny little uh, picture here. So anyway, that's just a cool variant cover. It might be. No, I can't read it. I like how the shadow of the fang creates this devious eye kind of makeup for Serpentor. That's cool. Yeah, the composition of this whole cover is great, but the ones that I really love are our uh, Steve Epting covers for Duke and Cobra Commander. This, the way that this is done, I would be happy with this as card art for a new Duke figure. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very reminiscent to, um, what's his name, that did all the card art. I mean, it 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 looks fantastic, and then the Cobra Commander one as well is uh, almost a little too much shadow, but looks great. All right, let's see here. So, oh, and everybody, go check out Skybound's website. They've got tons of content up related to these comics. Uh, they've got. Lots of pages posted, Hector preview Garrido. pages. Yeah, that's right, Hector Garrido. I was like, Hector. Uh, Will, Will R. Uh, points out Hector Garrido to the original card art uh, for Real American Hero. Uh, 
Uh, but yeah, check out Skybound's website. There's a tons of G.I. Joe stuff on there to get you excited for these new comics that are coming out that we will be uh, reviewing and talking about extensively. Uh, all right, next up in news, we're going to talk about Fist, namely the Fist Trooper and Mad <laughs> Dog. So this is going on right now, and Zika, Zika Toys has launched a Kickstarter uh, for their new line of O-Ring figures. And you may not have heard about it because they don't seem to have done a very good job of promoting it. Uh, these look cool. I can't say I think they're necessary for my collection. When you guys saw these, what, what were your thoughts? The first thing I saw was the one of the, the pocket people, the Hamilton's Invaders Trooper. Yes. Uh, which... Uh, it's kind of got a little bit of a Mortal Kombat Sub-Zero thing going on. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I was like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a cool-looking figure. And, and, you know, it'd be a neat little troop builder. Um, and then I was like, have we talked about this? Because apparently this has been around for a while. And it just has kind of flown under the radar. Um, the Mercenary 2 I saw as well, and I think that sculpt is really, really cool. I love the knee pads and the boots have a lot of really good detail and stuff on them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, this is, they're, I guess, comparable, at least in design quality, to some of the other uh, three and three quarter inch O-ring uh, Kickstarters we've seen. Um, but just not getting a lot of press. I don't know if it's maybe because they kind of came after three or four others that we've seen that have gotten so much hype that that but, could not have helped them no no but they're i'm i mean i'm i'm pulling for it because i always want to see more of this stuff out in the out in the world but uh their their kickstarter right now is at 84 backers with 22 days to go um not quite a third of their goal yeah they've got a thirty thousand dollar goal and they've got nine thousand two hundred sixty eight dollars uh backing right now and I, I honestly, because we did discuss the Doom Trooper in the Doom Center a few months ago, mm -hmm. uh, and they're the ones that are like these orc-looking figures, which I didn't put the O-rings in here because I had honestly forgotten about them. I think there's a little too much disparity in the way these are done. I don't know. It's just weird. The orc ones are off-putting to me. I'm not interested in them. And these two, like, are cool, but not getting me really super excited. I don't know, but I do wish them the best. Like you said, the more O-ring is out there, the better. Mm -hmm. And then they are also working on a 112th scale line of figures. Uh-oh. Uh, same characters. And there you go. There's uh, There is the display of the 112th scale characters. Very brightly colored. Very brightly colored. But still not 90s neon. Oh, I no. I mean, <laughs> close, maybe. It. I think it's just more saturated of a green yeah, and it, than what and we're it, used to. It's not that it's it's bright, but well, it's and it definitely also like be, coloring crown green. And it may be the camera as well. Because they may not be this bright in person realistically. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Let's see here. 
Been a lot of pausing this I, week, I, and I apologize for that. Well, Noel, so an orc in a beret isn't <laughs> like calling out to you. Uh, the, I was the, about it, but now that I see these, I'm like, uh, it's still a little Cinemarty Crofty, but <laughs> man, that would be fun for the Joes to fight. I mean, so you, you know guys, how I feel about a beret, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've, I, I've I, not guys, been a fan of a, the monsters in my Joe costume. Hang on just a second, fellas. I've forgotten a critical piece of our presentation here. I'm going to step away for just a minute. Noel and Christian, can you take on G.I. Joe Dream Team for just a few minutes here? And I'll be right back. Yeah. G.I. Joe Dream Team. I believe. Ah, yes. So let me. Pull up the note. Okay. So this is episode 99. Um, and we've been at this since July of 2020. Uh, doesn't seem that long, but wow. Um, and with as much as we've discussed Joe, everything about G.I. Joe with with amongst ourselves, with you guys we were talking about how has our perception of GI Joe changed. Um, and so what would be our best team of five Joes from the entire history of GI Joe? And I want to hear from the chat as well. Uh, but Noel, since it's just me and you, why don't you start it off? So, it's, you know, I, I think this was kind of to compare what we thought when we first started this, like who our favorites were. And I mean, honestly, I can't imagine that my favorites have changed too much. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and start and just say, I'm going to start with Beachhead because Beachhead's always been one of my favorites. Um, I, I'm hoping for a better classified figure uh eventually because i think that's he's one of the ones that in in hindsight with the green weapons and stuff it, it's not one of my favorites um but still love the character every time we watch an episode with him in it i'm always reminded how much i love the way he portrayed him in the cartoon and you know just the the cool look with the with the balaclava and sometimes the beret you know he's always a winner well so are we going to back and forth it Sure. Okay. So for my uh, first pick, and I, I sort of bounce off of, of what you're saying, is when I when I thought about this question, I was like, man, I I have developed an appreciation for sure for Joes that I never paid attention to before, even with being in the the line a little bit longer than you and Dave. But when I think of if I was putting my dream team together, it hasn't changed all that much. So we'll start off with the most obvious and that's going to be Eagle Eye Joe. <laughs> I it's I it's a concept that I just really really dig. Um I have asked my mom actually to dig through like old Christmas photos. Cause I'm 
I'm now convinced I have some kind of like repressed memory. And at some point I did own this figure. Um, but yeah, every, every Joe team needs a good lookout and sneak peek is just a little too obnoxious with the giant periscope. <laughs> so. Fair yep. enough. And I was trying to, he did specifically say Joe's for this one. So I was like, mm -hmm. do I put together my Cobras as well? Because most of my favorite characters are, tend to be Cobra characters. Just because they, they just are so much more colorful and so much more memorable in a lot of ways. Um, but we but could play by Skybound rules because we know Baroness <laughs> is starting out as a Joe in the comic. That's true. That's true. Which uh, I, I'm not so not, not sure if I'm I'm crazy about that idea. But I will go with my next one on the list, which is Low Light, because and especially here lately, since we watched uh, the um, uh, Nightmare episode uh, a couple weeks ago, and seeing his characterization there and getting the new figure, which isn't perfect, but it's uh, still a pretty good representation of Lowlight. Just always been one of my favorites and, and still is to this day. Very good pick. Uh, so my next one is truly the obvious one that everybody was thinking of. And 100% it is Shipwreck. Uh, he was my favorite figure when he was released um, originally. And... You know, I am the first male on my dad's side of the family that did not go into the Navy. Um, so that's my own little contribution, I guess, to the generational militarism of my dad's side of the family. Uh, but he, the classified figure turned out great. Um, and actually going back and watching Renegades, the episode with Shipwreck in it, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, was it the same character type as what we got with Sunbow? No, but they actually portrayed him, I think, a little bit more like how the file card describes him. Um, mm -hmm. definitely gave him more of a, a look for his um, Hispanic heritage. So I, I would say that, that this podcast actually has made my love for Shipwreck even stronger. I mean, we, 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 we do get a lot of love for Shipwreck on the show and uh, for obvious reasons. I'm just, it's, I'm surprised it took us so long to get, a, get to a, any official Shipwreck releases in the main line. Um, yeah, Super Seven or Hasbro, but uh, we finally got them in both, and uh, so good. Good news there. Uh, my next one on the list, uh, again going back to uh, a classic. Got to get my old beret, uh, Stalker. He was, you know, he was my de facto leader of the Joe team when I was a kid, um, and uh, still to this day, especially getting you know some of the some of the stuff that we've seen him in, some of the media we've covered. And getting a new figure of him, which, you know, not my favorite classified figure, but it's it's pretty it's a pretty good figure. I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to eventually getting a retro one because I think they can do a really good job on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Stalker. Yeah, I would. I'm hoping in the comic series that he gets back to a place of big prominence. 
Um, so my next one is rock and roll. Uh, as a, a kid, again, one of my favorite figures. Um, and he was always my gunner. Even as other figures were released that took that spot, um, there was just something about the it in my canon based off of the file card the surfer attitude you know joe with a machine gun um and honestly his classified figure just took him to a whole new level i mean it, it blows away any of the other releases yeah that's one that like when that classified figure first got shown and I wasn't crazy about, I really didn't like the render when we saw the, the colors. Um, but when I actually watched the live stream, when they had the figure in hand, I was like, Oh, okay. Pre-order bam. And he's one of my favorites said, I, yeah, you can, you can pretty well cover up the, 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 the khaki, like the tan on the chest or on the, you know, on the, the top. Um, and and otherwise, and he looks fine. You know, you got the um, what do you call them? The the bandoliers over oh, his shoulders. Yeah. I'm like, so yeah, yeah. That, first yeah, word kind of masks like... a little bit. You know, I've got him in a pose to where it, it doesn't matter. So yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, and different. I even in those in the promo photos, you know, I thought the rock and roll hand was kind of silly. I love it. But then when I got it in hand and I actually started taking photos with it, I was like, this fits. Like yeah, I've got I've got mine posed with it in front of, you know, I love it. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a it's a nice touch and I they did some really, really good detailing with that tattoo work. Yeah, absolutely. Um so we've done three a piece. Okay. Dave, I can, I don't know I can speed round through three. Up. I thought so I have been waiting all day supposedly usps was delivering my joe intel today and i've been waiting all day it still says right now expected delivery before 9 p.m and we have received stuff from like a second mail truck up to 9 p.m before it's happened oh wow and i thought it was up there and it wasn't and as soon as i show my face upstairs i have a wife a son and three dogs who need attention for one thing or the other so uh, but I am going to have to go with my backup Joe and tell, which is fine because it's cool. Anyway, I'm back. G.I. Joe Dream Team. It's funny. I mean, my whole intent of this was now that we've been discussing outside of our real American hero that we grew up with for so long now, maybe we have some different perspectives on some different character or really maybe I would because, I mean, some of us are not as open-minded as em embracing of the gi joe brand as christian is uh, <laughs> i can't even imagine so christian your three are gonna be uh one of the invaders uh eagle eye gi joe and uh <laughs> and sergeant savage what no actually uh three. mandalorian jedi <laughs> <laughs> picked sergeant savage oh look at this I, I like this this mandalorian jedi if you have super trooper paul latimer sergeant savage and sergeant slaughter on a team you're doing pretty well i think that is my kind of team right there big meaty men slapping meat 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So, so Christian, who are your first three? So my first three were Eagle Eye Joe, Shipwreck, Rock and Roll. Okay. Noel? Uh, Beachhead, Lowlight, and Stalker. Okay. Okay. And I'm going with all Joes here because I wasn't sure if you wanted to do like characters of all or just members of the Joe team. I, I just just all members of the Joe team. And we've got some good. Uh, oh, we got a lot of comments here in the chat. We can't go all the way back up now. But uh, Will R. It's got Beachhead, Snake Eyes, Flint, Spirit, Roadblock, Toy Reclaimer, Law and Order, Shockwave, Hit and Run, Snake Eyes, Version 4, and Big Ben. Wow. Wotage, Flash, Clutch, Barbecue, Zartan with his James Lipton face and Nemesis Enforcer went uh, pretty far afield on that one, but not too bad. Uh, uh, some choices that I think Christian could be proud of. Yeah, he, he fights G.I. Joe by sitting them down and interviewing them to death <laughs> like an energy vampire. Uh, Snake Eyes, Flint, Spirit, Scarlet, and Gung Ho from Kevin Riddle. Uh, Travis Wilcox, Snake Eyes, Flint, Scarlet, Stalker, Mutton Junkyard. I snuck in the dog. That's right. That's, I mean, it's a great – you've got to have the animal companion. Absolutely. Yeah. Will R. And now the lame team. Scoop, Psych Out, Chuckles, Tollbooth, and Armadillo. Oh, man. You're going to get some hate for that, Chuckles. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm actually – Tollbooth. Come on. He fights with a sledgehammer, dude. <laughs> Tollbooth played by Triple H. Uh, all right. So my first Told three, and and what? Oh, uh, so Noel, what were your three again? Uh, Beachhead, Stalker, and Lowlight. Okay. So my first three are just the same three I would have had forty years ago: Stalker, Scarlet, and Doc. Those are the three I start off with. Stalker is going to be on every team that I make. He's going to be the leader in every situation that I have that's out in the field. Uh, Scarlet is just cool combination of like ninja and just she's in charge. She has a presence that not all of the Joes have. And then doc, cause I'm always going to have a medic on the team. And if you've got a medic who is also a super mega scientist, then that's just a bonus. Yeah. Uh, all right. Go back around to Christian. What is your fourth pick? All right, so my fourth is Breaker. Mm. I I always have a communications person, and you know, growing up, he was the the person that stayed back in headquarters and was giving the orders outside of whoever the field commander was. He was the the oracle before batgirl became oracle to my gi joes and i he's had some really good figures that were released i i know (laughs) um the 25th isn't a perfect figure by any stretch of the imagination but i do like the the bubble gum I mean, that look, came with him. The and... 25th figures at the time we were thrilled with. Oh, sure. And you're right. The bubblegum was, I think that was the one in the comic pack 
Yeah. It had the bubble gum. And yeah. It was great. And I I know the version that came with the RAM classified wise. I mean, again, much like Buzzer, I don't know how you could get more retro other than to just give him the correct accessories. We need to just uh, accessories and he needs an alternate portrait with the bubble gum. Don't exactly. don't make a little hole in his teeth where you plug in the bubble gum. <laughs> just do a complete alternate portrait with the bubble gum attached. Yeah. Uh, all right, Noel. Well, this is one that I guess if you know we were fishing for things that may have changed over the last couple of years, uh, maybe because we kind of did determine he's kind of a jerk a lot, especially in the in the cartoon. But uh, you know what? Flint's still in my top five. Flint's still <laughs> like one of my favorite like leadership guys in uh, of the Joe team. Um, I've always thought his character was really consistent the way they portrayed him in all the media, and um, he's just uh, you know. He's got a beret. What can I say? It's true. It's very true. The beret is an important uh, part of all of that. Uh, so my number four actually is something that a character, it will figure specifically that I've recently grown to appreciate a lot. Uh, as you may have noticed, I've, I've included him recently in another team and, and in sound off, I'll be including him once again, repeater. I really like repeater. I love that machine gun rig and just the visual of that, that we all know from aliens. It's just cool. And he's a cool looking figure. Even if he didn't have that rig, just the design of the figure is, is, you know, give him any old machine gun and he's still going to look pretty cool. But, but with that thing, uh, that articulated support on it, uh, man, I just, I really dig him lately. All right, Christian, who's your number five? So my number five has changed from when I was a kid. And while I won't say there's any um, specific episode about the podcast that made me like this character more, I think it's just thanks to delving, going back and like rereading the comics and, and really digging into the lore of G.I. Joe. Um, my last one, because you always got to have a lady on the team. I take Cover Girl over Kid Me, who would have picked Scarlet. I, okay. I, Scarlet was raised to be, you know, kick butt. Um, she's martial arts ninja, whatever. But I also have a soft spot for pilots. And I think, you know, the cover girl is just as much of a kick butt um, fighter, but she's going to do it with weapons and really big missiles. And I, I really dig that. And um, yeah, so she will come in guns a blazing and get you back out. Yeah, I have no vehicle support in my crew at all, so I don't know what they're doing. Well, everybody knows how to fly a Sky Striker, so they're just in five Sky Strikers flying around. Uh, Noel, what's your number five? Well, I had Flint, so, you know, obviously somebody's got to go with Flint. And I don't care, three years of seeing her as a peg warmer in all sorts <laughs> of different versions is not going to take away my love for Lady J. She is my. She's always been my favorite female joe character 
Um, and, you know, she and Flint, they go together so well. The fact that they are always portrayed together in, like, in all media. And uh, they, they just complement each other, so... For my fifth, I wanted to have some kind of environmental specialists because those are a big part of what made G.I. Joe so special in the years following 1982. Uh, It was so exciting to get those specialists in the line. And, you know, if you're going to pick one, you may as well pick the one that can defend Fort Knox while still wearing his full scuba gear, including his flippers. Torpedo is coming along on my team because he will... He will fight you to the death in his scuba gear, whether it's land, sea, or air. <laughs> he is there. Torpedo is there. Uh, so there you go. Those are our, our our dream teams. May not have evolved as much as we would have thought, uh, but it was still a fun conversation to be had. Travis Wilcox. <laughs> That's why Flint is the best Joe leader. He's got his lady around, so he's never frustrated. (laughs) Flint knows how to move. Uh, All right. Well, that brings us to the segment that we like to call Sound Off, where we go to you, the Audible Army, for suggestions about what we're going to talk about. Kicking it off tonight uh, from... Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram is where you can contact us and let us know what you want to talk about. Hillbilly Harper just wanted to say I won't be able to watch since I work evenings, but I look forward to hearing y'all on audio. It makes the work week better. That's If that's all we do, I'm happy with that. But I will say this. You can catch the video uh, anytime on the Needless Things YouTube channel. The replay is always up there available. So you can still catch the video uh, whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, and he did have a suggestion for us. What playset would y'all like to see made? And this is a good one because I don't think we've talked as much about potential playsets as we have about vehicles and and other things. So I think he he didn't really define anything here. So choose your scale, choose your playset. But what? What playset would you like to see made as a HasLab? So I am going with 118 scale, and I am going all the way back to one of our earliest episodes. I want to see Springfield. You have brought that up before. That's right. Yep. I want to see. So if it's a HasLab, you know, this one isn't colored cardboard. This is plastic. I want it to have um, the garbage cans that open up and are secretly weapons, signs that flip around, you know, with the Cobra uh, symbol on it. It's essentially just... the Cobra version of Boulder Hill. Right. Yeah, exactly. we with Boulder Hill tonight. I... Yeah, I want it to look like, you know, a city street have like four buildings on it and then you just start pushing buttons and all these spring-loaded Akujumon come out. Uh, Okay, we've got one worth noting, Giant Man just got backed. My mind is blown. That's good news. I'm not surprised. I thought it would. Because to me, 
when but, I left work today, it was it still wasn't looking. It's been going all day. I, I I called it last week actually because my my son wants that badly. Mm. Uh, and I I said it's it's gonna back. I don't know how I don't know if it's gonna get into any of the tiers, and it looks like it's probably well. I don't know. We've got what three more hours. It mm-hmm. may. It may hit a cup, uh, at least the first tier. But anyway, it's good news anytime a Haslab gets backed. Uh, Wotage, one sixth scale defiant would be enormous. Yes. Yes, it would it be would. larger than my house. Right. <laughs> yeah. One sixth scale is 12 inch figures. So a defiant in that scale would be insanity. Uh, it, it would I, be I, a tiny house. You could live in it. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, what is up, Rachel? Uh, 82 Joe HQ for one eighteenth or one twelfth. Uh, I think either one would be doable. I, I would be interested. I would be interested to see it. Although I got to say for one eighteenth scale, I don't know. Cause you can get a Joe headquarters, the original, they're pretty sturdy and you can get a good one for probably less than the Haslab would cost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can get one that's in decent shape and complete for less than $200. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you want one that's in pristine condition, you're going to pay a little bit more. But, but if even we're talking then, Haslab, it's going to have electronics in yeah. it. So it's, oh, yeah. You know, your computer point. console is going to light up. Yeah, and if we're talking Haslab, then it's possible that the tiers are going to be like a vamp and a Skyhawk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe a Haslab would be good for for one eighteenth scale. For one twelfth scale, I don't know. I'd be interested to see what they put together for that. But man, that would be. Rachel Ooh. said, "Anytime a Haslab gets backed, a Hasbro employee gets his wings." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor Star Wars team! <laughs> oh, a Rancor gets his wings. Oh. Okay, so we're. I'm going to put Mandalorian Jedi's up here because it's my pick as well. Uh, Mandalorian Jedi, even though I feel like we need fewer large and expensive toys, I want the silent castle in 118th and I want it to transform like in the comics. Okay, now the transforming aspect I don't know about. I would love it. I actually just read that comic where Destro returns to it, uh, and it's wild. He transforms it into Castle Destro, which is pretty insane. Uh, but that that is my pick as well i would love to see a silent castle because i mean it's so central to two significant eras of the early real american hero comics and there's a lot of cool play potential there and it could be designed to not break the bank it yeah. wouldn't be as big as mattel's attorney a playset it potentially could be about the same size as their grayskull or snake mountain and still be a great playset. It would need to maybe be more detailed. It would be a little fancier, but size-wise, I think it's very manageable and doable in one eighteen scale. I would love to see it. And then for mine, although Boulder Hill's on my short list, it's not <laughs> my pick for this, uh, even though it's canon now. Um, no, uh, I want a one eighteenth scale pit that is basically done the way that the, the cutaway. cutaway was done on yeah. issue number one of the G.I. Joe comic. I have wanted that since I was a kid. Yeah. And I think it's pretty doable. Um, as You could do it as a HasLab, 
Um, of course, it's all going to be kind of new design and tooling, but you know, you have your little motor pool at the top and then you just have your shelves underneath. You know, you don't have to have as many levels as you do in the comic, but you could do, Dude. you know, three or four levels. The thing would be about three feet tall. I just think about, and granted, this has the Star Wars license attached to it, but I think about that Jabba's throne room and how minimal and disappoint to me personally, how minimal and disappointing it was and how it's not a playset. It's a diorama. And it was what? $230 or something. Mm. Yeah. That it should never have cost that much. The, it doesn't I mean, even have the stairwell. I'm a iconic stairwell. Luke Skywalker ascends or descends to confront Jabba, not even yeah. part of it. I, I mean, it's just that thing. They overcharge on on their Star Wars stuff, and I can only imagine it's a licensing thing. Because that it's gotta be. that should have been at the most. Uh, I would say 125. Because yeah, a lot of accessories, but they're small accessories. And and it yeah. does nothing. No, it does nothing. It's it sits there for photos. Well, it impresses the lady huts. But... Oh sure, sure. Um, Robert Strebin, the cold slither stage with all band figures. We we talked a little bit in that direction earlier tonight. Uh, Will R classified checkpoint alpha? I would be oh, very yes. interested to see what that looks like. I think it's very doable, but I also I don't know. It could be very cool. I'd be interested to see it. And you could you could do some interesting repaints with it as well. Like, what if they did that classified checkpoint alpha and did a special military police repaint of Law and Order, um, Shockwave, uh, and then maybe another character that looked like, and they all match and they all have like a, an MP look to them. I think that could be a very cool set. You know, if if it's necessary to be a Haslab, maybe if it's a Haslab junkyard in there as well. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe if it's a Haslab, it includes a military police vamp or something like that. Like that could be a cool world building diorama set, which is the kind of thing we talk about all the time here. And it would appeal to your figure photographers, which is to go back to the conversation we were having earlier about coming with all the extraneous accessories. That's what that is, a hundred percent. Uh, let's see. All right. Got to move on. Silent interlude with Super 7 having sanctioned O-rings. Will the G.I. Joe Transformers O-rings continue? Seems like there should at least be some traction given the upcoming crossovers. I don't know. This is a really good question. That That's going to be because if you're talking about Super 7 doing them, that gets a little weird with I don't, licensing because they're going to be I don't think Super licensed. 7 will no I don't I, either because yeah. hasn't up to this point hasn't Hasbro sold them as Transformers products right mm -hmm. yeah so, I don't I think the question really or at least the way I'm reading it is just is Hasbro going to continue with those and with the upcoming synergy, I don't see how they can't. Like, surely they've got more 
I, we still haven't seen anything about the supposed slaughter one that may or may not be a real thing. Mm-hmm. It could it could very well be a figment of Mr. Remus's imagination. We don't know. But we heard about Did that they... around the same time we heard about Soundwave and the Thunder Machine, and right that one turned out to be a reality. So. Yeah. Right. And did they was Megatron already out by the time they announced Bumblebee or were we still waiting on him? No, we were still waiting. Okay. On Megatron. Cuz I feel like point. they've spaced these out enough that we maybe on 1027 not... we'll I mean we're we're 4 days away from their next live stream mm-hmm. so maybe we'll hear something there but I got to think if the media is actually moving ahead with a crossover, surely now is not the time where they end the toy line. But weirder yeah, things have happened. I would be so surprised if they ended this without getting an Optimus in the line because that yeah. is printing money. Yes. Yeah, regardless of how people feel about these, Optimus Primes are going to sell. Period. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's Optimus Prime. Uh, all right, let's see. Hillbilly Harper uh, thought of a second question. If the Joes encountered a hive of aliens, what Joes would you pick to take it out? And what Cobras would you pick? Uh, we, we've kind of talked about this a little bit from time to time. Uh, let's each pick. Uh, let's each pick a Joe and let's each pick a Cobra. And we'll move on from there. You guys know I'm already picking repeater. He's the obvious choice. I'm just going to be lame-o, bottom-of-the-barrel pick here with my guy. I'm picking Blowtorch. He's just going to fry them all. Yes, perfect. And I think almost for that same reason, I'm going to go with the ice cream soldier. (laughs) Of course you are. But he's completely covered. So when <laughs> the right. aliens are spitting acid on him, you know. You know what? Just for just for fun, let's throw a couple more in. Um, we're going to throw in Robo Joe because we need a bishop. <laughs> yes. Um, we're going to throw in Lady J because we need a Ripley. Yeah. And what about Sci-Fi just because? Yeah. Sci-Fi would just be, I don't know, he might just be like, fanboying out the whole time well that's true he would just be sitting sitting back and watching it unfold in his full uniform which would be appropriate in this instance i guess uh as far as cobras go um are these cobras that are like fighting against him i wasn't sure like are these cobras that are taking out the aliens or are they I joining so. the aliens that's no, how these, I it. yeah these are these cobras are all paul riser's character <laughs> so i'm gonna say headman in outer space has somehow moved up a corporate ladder and is part of this Wayland Utani extensive enterprises joint venture. Uh, Tomax and Zamot. I was thinking Dr. Mindbender. Mindbender's got to be involved because there's yeah. weird science stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know I what? had Crockmaster. Crockmaster, absolutely. He's going to be walking around with an alien on a chain. And then finally, yep. uh, because for reasons uh raptor but in a space yes <laughs> raptor in a space, space raptor yes space raptor is gonna be part of this as well uh, he finally right. watched an episode of silver hawks and yes built yes. armor <laughs> uh mandalorian jedi uh who who by the way throws up toxo vipers fighting aliens solid mm-hmm. 
Uh, If Skybound were to do a comic crossover event between G.I. Joe and Walking Dead, what team of Joes would we encounter struggling to survive in the aftermath of the zombie apocalypse? And which of the Joes would we see gruesomely devoured by the undead to demonstrate the dire stakes? Uh, So I'm going to throw this out just off the top of my head. The Joes that are going to be left over uh, are going to be the fortunate ones who were in the outback at the time of the outbreak. And that's the subtitle of this comic, Outback Outbreak. Uh, When they return to civilization, they find that everything has been devastated and it's overrun by zombie hordes. So we're going to have Rakondo, Repeater, Muskrat. I don't know why he's in the Outback, but I just wanted to throw (laughs) Muskrat in there. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, Dusty and the Duke in the Desert gear no outback in the outback um oh i said outback didn't i no i said Rakondo. yeah yeah you're right so outback yeah outback as well so that that's my team and uh who are we going to see gruesomely devoured by the undead well of course it's going to be duke but later on it's going to turn out he's going to be okay <laughs> he just went into a coma <laughs> he's gonna be, he's gonna be like the uh the zombie from Dawn of the Dead that they teach to listen to a Walkman. So they'll just have Duke like on a chain following him around listening to a Walkman. Well, funny you should say that. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't actually put a full team together because I got so wrapped up in the backstory for the setup. So my survivor is mutt and junkyard oh dogs never die no that's the thing that's so that's how we see that these stakes are dire because junkyard gets attacked by the zombies and killed mutt loses it Jumps in, is killing zombies left and right. With his baton. Yeah. Dude, he is like mentally now checked out. Like he, the dog persona of Mutt has just completely taken over. Is he Mutt Wick? He's he's rabid. Um, But he can't bear to part with junkyard who is now a zombie dog so he keeps junkyard on a leash still and won't let any of the joes mess with him so that that's how my four issue mini series kind of goes horrifying Mm -hmm. well for mine um, I just kind of put together a, a team of Joes that I thought would probably survive the zombie apocalypse better than others. Um, airtight, obviously, he's going to be resistant to all of the zombie spores. Um, Outback, of course, because he's a survival expert. Uh, Blowtorch, once again, he's just mowing down everything he can with, with flames. Uh, Tunnel Rat, he's hiding out down underground. Uh, and, uh, and Low Light, because... You know, he just can, like, stay perfectly still and just pick off the guys with his sharpshooting skills. As far as who's getting eaten, I mean, 
Quick Kick's just exposing way too much skin. So <laughs> he he got devoured early on. All right. Well, that brings to a close. Well, let's, we're going to get in the comments here. We got a couple of good suggestions for our zombies. First of all, Will R says Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, lack of ammo will not affect them, which makes me want to go off on a whole other tangent of Joe's who had melee weapons as their specialty. But uh, we don't have time for that right now. Uh, Michonne was Snake Eyes, basically, pretty much. Uh, Wotaj, Destro's iron face mask would spare his brains from the revenants. Yorktown Joe, Cold Slither's alter ego band, Lukewarm Splatter, will provide the theme music for these grisly shows. <laughs> Mandalorian Jedi says, poor quick kick. I think the zombies eat everything but his feet. <laughs> it's just too balanced. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, that brings us to our final segment of the show. I hope everybody is ready for Joe and Tell, sponsored by our pal Slickalicious. Check out Shop Slickalicious on Instagram uh, and check out the Pen Stories Audible Interlude podcast on Instagram to see our shirts uh they're available including our visit beautiful Braca beach shirt that noel is modeling oh so skillfully uh all right so joe and tell is where each of us has a little something gi joe that we want to share and since we're coming right off of th this was not planned uh coming right off of the zombie themed <laughs> sound off my joe and tell is my zombie vipers uh, I love these figures. They are all modular. So you have the option of making lots of different zombie troops for Cobra. I was a huge fan of these when they came out. I put a lot of effort into tracking down two sets of them. I wish I had bought more, but I just felt like the looks that I achieved with the four that I had were enough for me uh i just love the way they designed these with so many different components for just a really deranged like dr mindbender's lab type scenario uh these are some of my favorite of the modern era figures they're just so well done so brilliant with all you could see all those are all four of those are the same base figure just with tons of different accessories available to make them all look just wildly different uh, from the vest to the little canisters to the hoses, everything. You guys know how much I love a, a good figure hose, uh, those translucent helmets. They're just incredible figures. Uh, they came along towards the end of the line where I had sort of given up on troop building a little bit. But I, I wish I had bought a dozen of them or more. But at the time, like I said, I just felt like the four different looks that I got were about as far as I could go with them. It's not like I would have gotten significantly different looks from more figures. And with something like this, you know, I don't want four of the same ones just standing around. I want them to look as different as I can make them look. So... Uh, yeah, these zombie vipers are absolutely great. They look awesome on the shelf. And again, to go back to the diorama building to figure photography, these are great storytelling pieces as well. So there you go. That is my Joe and Tell.
Uh, Noel, you got something for us this week? I do, and it's actually kind of coincidental because I, I did, I did open my grunt figure that I that arrived while I was out down in Florida, so I got him open, and and I was trying to get him into the classic like grunt pose, as we all know yes. from the uh, the the card art and all that. So uh, you know where he's got that, but that actually not what spawned this because I had already planned to do this, but it does kind of remind me of. So I, I talked yes. about this back when we did um, just as a, um, a a babble a while back. But since we now have a visual, I thought I'd bring this back out because this is the color forms playset that I found at a thrift store a few months back. Um, and uh, as you can see, they've got some Joes that suspiciously don't have any weapons. So Grunt <laughs> is just, you know, he's just running. He's, he's just he's running. Not, to, he's not he's just running towards you. I Flash take... has the world's largest cell phone. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I presume that is either like Hawk or Short Fuse or somebody with the with the binoculars, and that's fine. But uh can also show you the actual color forms. This is this was the way are it they was. Still on the, are they still on the sheet? Yes, they well, no nice. no, they are they have been applied. And oh, okay, I have okay. I have not altered them. Um, but as you can see Oh, that's how they came? Uh, well, this is how I got. I found it at the, at the thrift store. So these these were already stuck down. Right, that's can, what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's how you got it. Yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Of course, as right? soon as I touch the American flag, they're there. But uh, yeah, gotta... they you have to you have to refresh those sometimes. I love the yellow vehicles. Yeah, yeah, the yellow vamp and the yellow ram. Um, but clearly, there's some Joes that should be carrying guns and are not. Yes, like yes. What is? What is he doing down all here? all of them really? <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's like summoning spirits. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that Flash's secondary military specialty was voodoo. <laughs> is that Flash? Uh yes, that is either okay. Flash or Grand Slam, since this sure, is sure. uh you know, these are only eighty two characters. And um they have since Snake Eyes doesn't have a weapon, they've given him a giant shovel. I can't, it's hard to tell which side's which. I think I'm it's doing a separate thing. piece, though, isn't it? It is. Yes. It is a separate piece. But they, the whoever played with this as a kid, you know, 40 years ago, and they I'm did, presuming they these have bad. all been stuck down for 40 years, um, decided to give uh, Snake Eyes a shovel, give him something to do. Those I've, day glow uh, colors are oh, amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. got that same set. <laughs> Um, and you can get it relative, even if you go on like eBay or Mercari, you can get it relatively cheap. Uh, still, I, I recommend it. It's a nice piece to have. Yeah. <laughs> they, As I mentioned when are, I got it, I, it also came with a masters of the, the universe control Ram and vamp. Yes. Yes. It also came with a masters of the universe one and oh, a, nice. um, Batman, uh, forever one, which is not from the Ooh. same era. But uh, but yeah, very cool stuff. Nice. I, I have a lot of thrift stores. Hmm. All right, uh, Christian, you want to wrap oh, up? Right. Joe and tell. I do. So uh, we've kind of joked about these figures periodically, and uh, on our last episode, we took a deep dive into their vehicle. So my Joe and tell. Is Plato time? <laughs> no, it's not Plato. <clears throat> That's true. It is. Was it bio? It is moldable bio armor. That's right. That's right. The auction came with his card as well. Um, 
as I told the guys, like, I, I guess stalking the Mega Marines listings in GI Joe often enough. Uh, a seller reached out to me and made me an offer, and I could not say no. And man, going to the store, getting <laughs> some moldable bio armor so so I could play with this gimmick. I have not had so much fun and just giggled like a little kid. Oh, and so I know when these got some Play-Doh. Yeah. To to do it upright. That's I I fun. did because he did not come with that he's missing his helmet and the the Play-Doh. Um but yeah, so now I I'm going to have to get all the other ones. Uh Again, I think I've said this before, like when these came out, I thought what a terrible concept, but obviously teenager me was just wrong place, wrong time, because <laughs> the playability <laughs> of this is just off the charts. So that is my Joe and tell. Excellent. Very well done. And exactly the kind of wonderful thing we expect from you uh, each and every episode. Uh, all right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Audible Interlude. We will be back on November 6th. The audio version of this episode will be available wherever you get your podcasts this Friday. And next week, uh, we'll have our 100th episode available next Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Got a few special things planned for that. Our music is by Andy Sanford of electricminnowmusic.com. Follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on X at G.I. Joe Audible. Christian, where can we find that toy photography that you do so well? You can find me on Flickr and Instagram under the name Legion Cub. And Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club, and uh, we raise money for a fantastic charity called Canines for Warriors. So if you ever thought about dressing up like your favorite Joe character and helping us raise money, check out The Finest Recruitment Center on Facebook uh, for some pointers. Check out thefinestcc.com to apply. And uh, yo, Joe. Nolan Christian, thank you so much. You know, there's nothing I enjoy more than sitting down with you guys and talking G.I. Joe. Everybody in the chat, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Audible Interlude. Until then, yo, Joe. Cobra. Are you Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Brother. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.